In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who does bring us into a new and different and exciting kind of life. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we're going to talk about aliens today. (laughs) Did you know that the whole concept of our sort of idea of what an alien is is only about 50 years old. It really came about because of this guy named Kenneth. And Kenneth Arnold was his name. And he was a pilot during about 1940s. And in 1947, he went off in his plane and he was flying around and he saw this thing out of the corner of his eye and he, he followed it a little bit and he said that it looked to him as if it were a flying saucer. Actually, what he said was, it looked like an aircraft that was skipping along the air just as a saucer would if you threw it across a lake. And so that's where we have this sort of nomenclature of a flying saucer. That's where it comes from. And it's really interesting that this is really kind of the first time that we ever, in all of human history, hear about a flying saucer, about one of these uh, things that is sort of piloted by an alien. And we sort of know aliens now. We, we know what they look like. We know that they come in either sort of grayish skin or kind of greenish skin. We know that they have really big heads and really big eyes, but the rest of them is just kind of weak and flails around, almost as if they do everything with their minds and their eyes, but they don't really do anything with their arms or their legs. And we have this idea of what aliens are like simply because of basically about 15 years, from 1947, uh, about 15 years after that, that's where all of this sort of mythology about aliens came from. And even today, even today in 2010, about 2% of the population still believes in aliens. Maybe you do. You might not like this sermon if that's the case. But we know what these aliens are like. And the only reason that we came up with this whole idea of aliens, though, is because it fit into our sense of the world. You see, before we had aliens, we had plenty of other stuff to explain the unexplained phenomenon in our skies and around us. We would call them fairies, or we would call them leprechauns, or we would even sometimes call them angels or demons. We would call them uh, just anything else, but we hadn't quite gotten this picture of an alien until 1947. And the reason for that is because 1947, we had just come to this point in our technology where we could begin to understand an alien species. We had just set off an atomic bomb. We had just begun to experiment with rockets that would shoot into outer space. And so, as we began to think about those things, the unexplained phenomenons in our sky then became explained in our collective consciousness as aliens. It was a change in our 
way of thinking about what those things in our sky were. And St. Paul, this morning, in our epistle reading from 2 Corinthians, talks about a change in the way that we consider one another, and even a change in the way that we consider Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 declares that, brothers, we no longer regard one another according to the flesh. And as you read that, you might think, well... No, I think we do. I mean, I, I, I know that Blake has a body. I know that Linda has a body. I know that I have a body. I know that I have flesh. So, uh, maybe I'm not such a good Christian. But that's not what he's talking about. Because he also then, later on, says, we used to regard Jesus according to the flesh. Well, okay, we we know some stuff about Jesus. First of all, we know that He had flesh. We know that He, even after He rose from the tomb, He ate things. He showed doubting Thomas, unbelieving Thomas, Hey, look, here's the holes in my hands. Here's the hole in my side. Go ahead, touch. We know that He had flesh. So we know that Paul here isn't talking about regarding one another as having bodies. It's something else. It's something different. It's a different way of thinking. And so, what Paul is saying here is that we don't regard one another according to the sinful ways that our flesh tempts us into. And so how do we get tempted into seeing other people as human beings? How sometimes do we even get tempted into seeing Jesus as human beings? Well, one of the greatest ways that we do that is that we look at other people and all we see in them is something that will help us. We look at other human beings and we say, How will knowing them make my life better? Will I be able to use knowing them in some way that makes my life a little bit easier, a little bit more fun, a little bit whatever. And that becomes the big question of our flesh. How can I use that person? How can I use that person's wealth? How can I use that person's status? How can I use that person's attractiveness? How can I use whatever it is about them? And Paul even says that we've done this to Jesus. That we've regarded Him according to the flesh. And it seems that that's the case. It seems that that was certainly the case for the people that knew Jesus, that saw Jesus with their own eyes while He was here on this earth ministering. There were people that followed Jesus around, it says in the book of John, just because they really liked the idea that He could feed 5,000 people at a time. And in fact, Jesus kind of rebukes them and says, Stop following me. You're just following me because you want bread. That's not what I'm here for. Yet, we follow Jesus for some pretty silly reasons sometimes, too. Sometimes we follow Jesus because we think that it makes us sort of better than everybody else. Sometimes we follow Jesus because we think that somehow 
we can use His identity to make us seem more pretty in somebody else's eyes. The problem with that is that when you really know who Jesus is, unfortunately, the first part of getting to know who He is is really beginning to understand how ugly you are deep down inside. Because you see Him who had no sin. Who knew no sin. Knew nothing of the ways that we use other people to get what we want. He didn't know any of that. He didn't do any of that. And yet, because He loved you so much, He took that upon Himself. And so when we look at Him, really the first part of looking at Him is beginning to understand That we are not Him. That He knew no sin, but our sin then becomes so much more readily apparent. Our perspective begins to change. Our perspective begins to tell us exactly what is happening in this phenomenon of following Jesus. But yet, there's more. You see, it's interesting. There's this thing about Lutheran theology that's called two kinds of righteousness. And if you want to find out more and more about two kinds of righteousness, talk to me after the service. But basically, when it's boiled down to its most basic elements, you have two different kinds of righteousness that exist in the world. The first of those kinds of righteousness is your own righteousness, which has been basically destroyed by sin. It's been mutated, it's been destroyed, it's been... It's gone. But there's this other righteousness. And it's got a cool name to it. It's called alien righteousness. This alien righteousness is something that is put into us. It's alien. It's something from outside of us that is put into us. And that's what Paul is talking about here. He's talking about this righteousness of God that you are now a part of. Because you believe in Him. Because He has paid the price for your sin. Paul says, you are now God's righteousness. That God's righteousness, not your own, but God's righteousness, has been put inside of you. That alien righteousness is living inside of you. Breathing inside of you. It is the work of the Holy Spirit to get you out there to do the things that God's righteousness would do. To be ambassadors to this world from another planet. This Christian thing, sometimes should seem very much like you are an alien ambassador. An alien ambassador who comes to this world and doesn't look at what other people can give to you, but turns that on its head and says, what can I give to other people? 
I've been given so much by God, what then can I give? This alien righteousness that lives deep down inside of every one of you that confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord, this alien righteousness is just begging to be let out. Just begging to really stand in that place of ambassador to the world. Not because you are so great on the inside, but because you know the one who is. Because you know the alien God, apart from all sin, who lived a life that seemed so strange to us, a life that had no sin in it whatsoever, that God is now living and breathing inside of you. Because He died on a cross to prepare your hearts that He might live inside you. It's such a great thing to be an alien. It's fantastic. To be this alien of God, this righteousness living within a strange, strange world. Every one of you in here, everyone is an alien. Not because of who you are, but because of who He is. And what He has done for you. Amen.